Praise the Lord. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? First Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 8. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the news of salvation, the news of reconciliation, the news of redemption, the power of the blood, the power of the cross, the completed work, the finished work of the cross the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. The message paraphrase reads, The first thing I did was place before you what was placed so emphatically before me. And so today in the house of the Lord, I place before you what was placed so emphatically before me. Christ died for our sins. Jesus Christ, the perfect, sinless Son of God, He came to earth to die for the sins of humanity, to pay for the penalty of our sin, to pay for the penalty of my sin, to pay for the penalty of your sin. Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 6, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We needed a Savior. We needed one that would bring peace between us and God. And so the Father sent His Son 
The reality is we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Father sent His Son. John 3.16, I'm sure many of us know it well. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ died for us. The miracle of the cross, the miracle of Christ, and the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation. John 19, beginning at verse 1, So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe. And Pilate said to him, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was the more afraid and went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now when it was the preparation day, now it was the preparation day of the Passover and about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king, but they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. Then he delivered him to them to be crucified. Then they took Jesus and led him away, and he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the Place of the Skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. The events play out. We can read of the events in the Gospels. 
I would encourage everybody here today to read the Gospels. Jesus Christ crucified for humanity, for salvation, for redemption, for reconciliation, that is right relationship with the Father. Crucified for freedom, for our sins, our iniquity, for our rebellion, for all the wrong we've ever done, all our prodigal living. And the moment came, Mark 15, verses 37 to 39, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the Son of God. I deliver to you today that which I have received. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried. Mark 15, verses 42 to 47. Now an evening had come because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent counselor member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God. Coming and taking courage, went in to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead. And summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he bought fine linen, took him down and wrapped him in the linen. And he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of the rock and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joses, observed where he was laid. There laid the Lamb of God, the Son of God, our Savior lying in a tomb. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Death and now burial. Was it over? No. Mark 9, verses 31 and 32. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. There he lay in Joseph's tomb, the entrance sealed by heavy stone. One day passed, and then another, and then on the third, Jesus Christ rose again in victory, and today I place before you what was placed so emphatically before me, I deliver to you today that which I have received. 
My prayer is that everyone here today would receive the truth. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried in a tomb, and on the third day he rose again. Matthew 28, verses 1 to 7. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Jesus Christ was crucified. Jesus Christ was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, Jesus Christ rose again. That which I have received. Have you received the truth? Have you received the same? If you have, let the wonder of the gospel arrest your heart again. The miracle of God that turned you into a miracle, that turned a sinner into a saint, that gave life to the living dead. Verse 7 in the Voice Bible, go straight to his disciples and tell them he's been raised from the dead and has gone on to Galilee. You'll find him there. Listen carefully to what I'm telling you. He was seen. Matthew 28, 8 to 10. The women were both terrified and thrilled, and they quickly left the tomb and went to find the disciples and give them this outstandingly good news. But while they were on their way, they saw Jesus himself. Jesus greeting the women, rejoice. The women fell down before him, kissing his feet and worshiping him. Jesus Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. Tell them I will meet them there. Verses 16 to 20, the New King James Version, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples 
of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus Christ rose again. Jesus Christ was seen. Listen to the words of Luke 24, 40. He showed them his hands and feet. He dealt with the doubts of the doubters. He dealt with the doubt of the individual. For there was a man who doubted. John 20, beginning of verse 24, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. If there's a Thomas in the house today, hear the word of the Lord. Verses 27 to 29 in the voice, he drew close to Thomas. Jesus, reach out and touch me. See the punctures in my hands. Reach out your hand. And put it into my side. Leave behind your faithful faithlessness and believe. Thomas, filled with emotion, you are the one true God and the Lord of my life. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. If there's a Thomas in the house today, do not be unbelieving, but believing. He's gone now. He's in glory. Jesus, that is. That which I've received, that Jesus Christ came. He left heaven's throne. He came to earth to die for the sins of humanity, for all the lost sheep. 
for all the black sheep. He came and he lived a selfless and obedient life, a sinless life, and he, he died a criminal's death on a cross for us. He died for our sins. He was buried in a tomb, and on the third day he rose again. He was seen, and then he ascended into glory. One day he will return. Come, Lord Jesus, come. One day he will return, and one day we will reach out and touch him. The scars in his hands, the scar on his side. And yet I ask today, is it not as if we already have? I know I've felt the risen Son of God. I know I've heard the risen Son of God. I know I've seen the risen Son of God. I've seen His work in my life. I've seen His work in the lives of others. I've seen His resurrection power. I've seen Jesus in others. Think of all the miracles in the room today. He was seen. And he was seen by me also. And he is seen by me also. As by one born out of due time. Today I, tel- I deliver to you that which I have received. The text we began with, reading from the NIV. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried. That He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. The NLV, last of all, Christ showed himself to me as if I had been born too late. The Apostle Paul, born too late? Have you ever felt like, man, I should have been born then? (laughs) I was meant for another time. I should have been born at a different time. I was born too late. No. You've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. He has appeared to us also. I don't know your testimony today, but I know that he has silenced my doubts. 
He has dealt with my doubting. And he is still at work in this time in history, silencing doubts. Jesus is revealing himself to people, appearing to people, speaking to people, touching people. How can the doubters see Jesus? Well, one way, he is using us as an avenue of revealing those who are alive with resurrection life. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Is that the confession of your life? Romans 7, 4, in the voice, my brothers and sisters, in the same way you have died when it comes to the law, because of your connection with the body of the anointed one, his death and your death with him frees you to belong to the one who was raised from the dead so we can bear fruit for God. Death. We have been crucified with Christ. That's the confession of the believer. That's the life of the believer. That we have been crucified with Christ. Colossians 2, verses 11 to 13 in the NLV. When you became a Christian... You were set free from the sinful things of the world. This was not done by human hands. You were set free from the sins of your old self by what was done in Christ's body. When you were baptized, you were buried as Christ was buried. When you were raised up in baptism, you were raised as Christ was raised. You were raised to a new life by putting your trust in God. It was God who raised Jesus from the dead. When you were dead in your sins, you were not set free from the sinful things of the world. But God forgave your sins and gave you new life through Christ. We were buried when we were baptized. We were buried as Christ was buried. Repent, be baptized. Resurrection, when we were raised up in baptism, we were raised as Christ was raised. Just asking today, have you been water baptized? Death, burial, and resurrection. The pattern in the gospel is repent, be baptized, be filled with the Holy Ghost. We have been crucified with Christ. We have been buried. And we have risen. In his rising, we have rise. Praise Jesus for the work he has done. 
He's so worthy to receive praise. The life we now live in the flesh. Wouldn't it be nice if you got saved and it was all spirit? Deal with a lot of problems, just like that. But no, you still got to live in the flesh. The life we now live in the flesh. Galatians 6, 17. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. The J.B. Phillips New Testament reads, I carry on my scarred body the marks of my owner, the Lord Jesus. Can the Spirit of the Lord bring application today? New century version, I have scars on my body that show I belong to Christ Jesus. The Voice Bible, I bear in my body the marks that wounded Jesus. In the Amplified, I bear on my body the brand marks of the Lord Jesus. There's a difference in our flesh now that we've been crucified with Christ. This is no soft cell gospel. There's a difference in our flesh now. The life we now live in the flesh, the life I now live in the flesh, a difference in the flesh now, for we have been crucified with Christ. And it's a difference that can be seen. And it's a difference... It can be felt. Death, burial, and resurrection. Some doubt. Yes, some doubt. Some find it hard to believe that we could have risen from the dead. How is that possible that we stand resurrected? Oh, that the Lord would use us to silence doubting. David Wilkerson said these words, another mark on this bondservant is a circumcision made without hands. This speaks of total separation from the world and unto Christ. It means that all self-made plans, schemes, and dreams are abandoned, and the concerns and burdens of the Lord become supreme. Are you saved today? Have you been crucified with Christ today? I'm not just talking about attending a church service. Going through the motions and acting out the part, playing religion. Do you know Jesus? Can the world see Jesus in us? Can they feel Jesus in us? That's the hope. That's the plan. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, Now then, we are 
ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, I know many doubters that have been turned believers because of the marks they've seen and felt upon the life of a believer. The scars of being crucified with Christ, the marks in the flesh, that which marks the life we now live in the flesh. Surely if we are saved, surely if we've been crucified with Christ and we are living a crucified life, surely his marks are upon our hands and feet. Marked hands that work for the glory of Christ. Marked feet that walk for the glory of Christ. Surely his mark is upon our side, an open side that reaches to a changed heart. One of the greatest signs is the difference in the flesh. The difference in the flesh. Claiming Christ, one of the greatest signs that He is Lord and Savior of your life, Lord and Savior of our lives, is a difference in the flesh. Old things have passed away. A new life. A life with different marks on it now. May the Lord use the marks in our flesh to cause every Thomas to believe. We have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer we who live, but Christ lives in us. In the life which we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. One of the greatest signs of salvation in a person's life, the working of God, the working of the gospel is a difference in the flesh. A great preacher said these words, If Christ has died for me, Ungodly as I am, without strength as I am, then I cannot live in sin any longer. I must arouse myself to love and serve him who has redeemed me. I cannot trifle with the evil that killed my best friend. I must be holy for his sake. How can I live in sin when he has died to save me from it? Do you know Jesus today? We bear in our bodies the marks of the Lord Jesus. The marks of his ownership. His branding upon our life. As long as we live and until Christ returns, let us deliver to the world that which we've received. 
Let's have the worship team come today. I want to share with you the words of Charles Spurgeon. Please hear these words today. I cannot send you away without this last remark. Poor sinner, thou art troubled on account of sin. There is a sweet thought for thee. Men are afraid to go to Christ, or else they say, My sins are so many, I cannot go to him. He will be angry with me. Do you see his hands outstretched to you? He is in heaven. And he still says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you afraid to come? Then, look at his hand. Look at his hand. Will not that induce you? Oh, but you say, I cannot think that Christ can have it in his heart to remember such a worm as I. Look at his side. There is easy access to his heart. His side is open, and even your poor prayers must be thrust into that side. They may be thrust into that side, and they shall reach his heart holy, thou would be. Only do thou look to his wounds, and thou shalt certainly find peace through the blood of Jesus. Thy wounds, O Jesus, thy wounds. These are my refuge in my trouble. O sinner, may you be helped to believe in his wounds. They cannot fail. Christ's wounds must heal those that put their trust in him. For all of us who know Jesus, who have been crucified with Christ, those of us that have his marks upon our flesh, his marks upon our life. You know that Jesus is praying for us? Like, can you even wrap your mind around that? Jesus is praying for us. He's interceding. Jesus Christ. He's praying for us that we would be effective in the call. And the many doubters would be turned believer. Listen to these words. I was thinking while coming here of Jesus Christ in heaven with his wounds. And another thought struck me. Another reason why Jesus wears his wounds is that when he intercedes, he may employ them as powerful advocates. When he rises up to pray for his people, he needs not to speak a word. He lifts his hands before his Father's face. He makes bare his side and points to his feet. These are the orators 
with which he pleads with God. These wounds. Oh, he must prevail. Do you not see that Christ without his wounds in heaven might be potent enough? But there would not be that glorious simplicity of intercession which now you see. He has nothing to do but show his hands. Him, the Father, heareth always. His blood crieth and is heard. His wounds plead and prevail. Let us think again. Jesus Christ appears in heaven as the wounded one. This shows again that he has not laid aside his priesthood. You know how Watts paraphrases the idea. He says, looks like a lamb that has been slain and wears his priesthood still. If the wounds had been removed, we might have forgotten that there was a sacrifice. And mayhap, next we might have forgotten that there was a priest. But the wounds are there. But the wounds are there. Then there is a sacrifice and there is a priest also. For he who is wounded is both himself the sacrifice and the priest. There's a doubter in the house today. The call in the Spirit is this, leave behind your unbelieving. Leave behind your faithlessness and believe. Place your life before Jesus today. You are the one true God and the Lord of my life. As I said, and we know it's true, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no way to right relationship with God without a sacrifice, and Jesus was the sacrifice. Some may leave here today. They came as doubters and they'll leave as doubters. But I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Today is the day of salvation. We cannot add one measure to our life. We don't know if we'll have another service to respond. This is not a pressure tactic because you need to make a personal decision to follow Jesus all the days of your life. This isn't a game. This isn't about getting a ticket to heaven and walking out of this place and saying, I'm just going to slip it in my wallet and pull it out when I need it. This is about a decision to change your ways. Salvation in no other name, you say. I don't know if I believe in God. The problem is many believe more in themselves than they believe in God. Or they choose to believe in nothing, but even then they believe in something. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. We live in a world right now that believes that, you know, all roads lead. All roads lead back to God. 
What a lie. Didn't you know that the enemy's a liar? He's been a deceiver since the beginning, and he's still playing that game. He's still playing that game day in and day out. Don't worry, you'll get to heaven. Well, how could God send me to hell if he's so good? How could he let you into heaven as a sinner? That's the question. Because he's holy and he's righteous and he's just and he's the righteous judge. And he must deal with sin. And you know what? He sent his son to deal with the sins of humanity. He sent his son. And humanity nailed him to a cross. (laughs) Humanity spat on him. Humanity actually twisted a crown of thorns. We're not talking about little thorns. Thrust it into his skull and beat it into his skull with a rod. They called him names. And he took it all in silence. As a lamb led to the slaughter. If this doesn't move you, <laughs> if this doesn't cause you once and for all to lay down your life, Today is the day of salvation. I think sometimes we ask the wrong question. We say, well, if I give my life to Jesus, what's he going to do for me? He already did everything. Listen, if he does nothing else for me, he's done everything. I'll serve him all the days of my life. Serve him all the days of my life. If you don't know Jesus today, today is the day. Today is the day. In just a moment, there will be an opportunity to respond. But for us here who have claimed Christ as Lord, I want to ask, I want to ask, is there a mark in the flesh? So I was praying and preparing for today. I feel that that truly is the call in the Spirit. Is there a mark in the flesh, the life we now live in the flesh? The life we now live in these mortal bodies. A mark of holiness, righteousness, separation, devotion. The mark of ownership. A mark that can be seen and felt, and yea, even heard. Is there a cry in the flesh? The marks of being crucified with Christ. You know what it speaks of? It speaks of this. It speaks of the things we are and are not acquainted with, familiar with, knowledgeable about. Things we are and are not partakers of and intakers of a mark in the flesh marks in the flesh that remind us of whose we are whose hands and feet these are and whose side we're now on that's the gospel message let's stand in the house today